hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> Andrew missed his cue, so it's my turn. I am the host of this here podcast. <laughs> yes, go see it. <laughs> no, I'm too scared. Please go ahead. Uh, where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. There may be other podcasts. <laughs> you can't even get through it without laughing. You're a disgrace. I know. You're a disgrace. I'm sorry. I tried my best. Folks, it's understandable that I missed my cue. Do you want to know why? I want to know why. Bacon Fest is apparently a thing. I'm sitting here what? on IMDb trying to look up some facts about Paddington 2. And I'm just surrounded literally the entire page on all sides. Well, not the bottom. It's just three sides. Uh, by Wendy's Bacon Fest, hmm. which is exactly what it sounds like. From the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger to the Son of Baconator and Baconator, registered trademark, you might say we're a little obsessed with bacon. We're not. We're a lot obsessed. Come on. Boo. Not all Dumb. bacon is created equal. Wendy's Applewood Smoked Bacon is smoked all over is smoked over the wood of apple trees, which flavors the bacon with sweetness and fruitiness, increasing its deliciousness. That's not a typo. Oh, deliciousnessness. That's not a typo. That's just how good it is. Who wrote that? I, I don't care. I want to go to Wendy's now. <laughs> I wouldn't get a. I wouldn't get their bacon because I think it's terrible. But I would get some chicken nuggets. <laughs> so, uh, is Wendy's doing something different than they usually do, or they're just saying that they love just bacon? A lot of bacon. I think it's just yeah, a lot of bacon. New made to cra- oh nothing is made nothing is as crave worthy as bacon, except maybe fresh never frozen beef covered inside of sauceum tra- trademark sauce and topped with bacon. Okay, now you're drooling. It's cool. Just means your desire for a sauceum burger or a sauceum bacon cheeseburger is. It just ends. It just is. <laughs> it just ends. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hang on. No. I think you have to click on I'm it. I'm trying to click on it. Look, there's a word down there. I can't see. This is terrible. Wendy's, you need to fire your web designers and hire me. Because they don't know how to set the height of their divs. Um, Let's see. Uh, That's the Wendy's Bacon Fest, though. This is the Wendy's Bacon Fest podcast. Uh, episode one. Where we talk about all the things to do with Wendy's bacon fest <laughs> which is mostly just don't go to wendy's for bacon and make your own bacon folks just the, get the chicken nuggets folks there is a a loving and omnipotent higher power confirmed august 19th the return <laughs> of spicy nuggets at wendy's it's happening it's happening it's happening this is not a drill they said so on Twitter. <laughs> August 19th, market calendars, spicy nuggets are back. I know where I'm going to be on August 19th. That's right, the Wendy's drive-thru. <laughs> They're seriously some of the greatest things I've ever tasted. And when they dashed the hopes and dreams of so many Americans by getting rid of them, it, it, it was bad. I won't say that it wasn't. I'm not going to say that... The uh, state of uh, the American society at this point is a direct result of the <laughs> removal of Wendy's spicy nuggets from their menu. All I'm saying is that it happened around the same time that things really started going downhill. <laughs> and I don't mean with the election of Ronald Reagan. Boom! <laughs> Just food for thought, people. Food for thought. Or food for food. Food for food. That's what we, we should make a food podcast called. Food for food. <laughs> Where we just loudly eat food into the microphone. There's a market for that. Have you? Yeah, there's mukbang ASMR. Yeah. Have you guys not seen like the Twitch streamers where it's just like, there's this one, H3H3 did a video on it. Um, there are the, There's these videos going around where these uh, girls will just have these enormous platters of seafood, specifically, like really oversized lobster and shrimp and crab and like whole potatoes just like peeled and cooked and just like honestly like pints of uh, kind of unidentifiable sauce. It's too liquidy to be cocktail sauce, but it's like the wrong color to be anything else, but they're dipping seafood in it. No clue what's going on here. 
But these videos have millions and millions of views of these women just devouring these giant seafood platters. Gross. This is a real thing. The internet is the greatest thing that has ever happened. Because imagine you're some weirdo in the 1840s with a fetish of watching a woman eat lobster. Where do you go for that? Now where do you go? YouTube. It's amazing. We've opened so many doors and we allow people to know themselves in ways that were never possible before. <laughs> and now that pent up sexual frustration of all of these weird, lonely men or women who get off watching these women eat lobster, they have a place. They have a home. <laughs> I'm sure there's a community around this. It's just, it's a special thing. All right. And I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. You're not hurting anybody. If you're into that, good for you. <laughs> I just think it's a little odd. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them. The only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be other podcasts where people watch movies and then talk about them, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this year podcast. I am joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. That's me. Hello. Hi. And at my left hand by Sid. Hey. Sid, I think that we can tell today we're all in a jovial mood. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. You know what? Before we get into anything else, I want to know, we we risked uh, kind of boiling over last week, <laughs> right? If you imagine Sid's existential dread as uh kind of like some like like a like a 19 year old making macaroni and cheese right and at some point if you don't turn the heat down a little bit it's gonna boil over you know what i mean so we came very close to boiling over last week with our uh discussion of midsummer that we did where do we stand today on a scale of one to 100 where are we on the existential dread um it's been a pretty good week and just had the most enjoyable two hours of my life so i'm gonna say i'm at a 58 today wow 58 our goal was 60 i know that's barely like you know when you put on a pot to boil and like some little droplets start forming at the bottom <laughs> i feel like that's a 58 so we're feeling good i mean you're definitely on your way but we're not but it's, it's like there it's under the you surface. Could, you could but... still stick your hand in that, and I think you'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good. Don't test that. I've never put my... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the water would still be pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, if it's boiling. No, it's not boiling. It's just it's little... Bubbling. It's bubbling. It's, it's not. It's hot. not even quite yeah. bubbling. It's definitely warm, for sure. All right. I don't know if I'd want to bathe in it. Let's test it out. <laughs> okay, Becky, go boil us some water while we... Um. No, thank you. Okay. Well... <laughs> Short-lived experiment All you had to do was boil it. We're the ones who are going to stick our hands in it. Why do I have to boil it? <laughs> because we're the ones sticking our hands in it. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Maybe later. Okay. All right, folks. Today on this here episode of the podcast, episode 38, we're going to be discussing uh, Paul King's Paddington 2. This comes at special listener request. Uh, because Sid listens to every episode because she's here <laughs> every week. Number one listener. Um, Tied for number one listener. It's a three-way tie. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, fine. We're there's, all here every week. You know what? I'm, I was going to say, there's only three people who have heard every single episode. I'm not going to guarantee that's the case. We have enough listeners at this point. I think there might be somebody who's listened to every single episode. If you have listened to every single episode up to this point, please, please, and I mean this, write us at contact at wewatchpodcast.com. I want to know who you are. I'd love to get into some correspondence with you and allow you to choose. And I'm going to put this out there right now, right? If you write us and you say that you have listened to every single episode, and I'll know if you're lying, you can choose. <laughs> I don't know why. Becca's just laughing at that really hard. I don't understand what's happening. It was just a giggle, but then I had water in my mouth. Regardless, I will know if you're lying. You can choose our next movie. I'm talking no restrictions here. And if you don't choose Space Jam, 
<laughs> I'll be disappointed, but I'll still do whatever movie you say. We're going to have to do Space Jam eventually. I got Becca one time in my life to sit down and watch Space Jam because she had never seen it as a child. Never seen Space Jam, if you can imagine it. And she hated it. But that's because I hated it. she I went in. Watch it when I was a child. She went in with a closed mind, not ready to be blown away by the combined acting talents of Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, not willing to be moved by the angelic voice of R. Kelly, discounting his current predicament. <laughs> I believe I can fly is an anthem for a generation, and R. Kelly is a disgusting pervert who deserves what he has coming. And Space Jam is a modern classic. They're fixing a divot. All right? That's one of the greatest scenes in cinema. When Wayne Knight digging a hole in the golf course. And Bill Murray asks him, what are you doing? And he says, I'm fixing a divot. <laughs> Nobody even knows what a divot is. I'm 27 years old. I don't know what a divot is. <laughs> but Wayne Knight knows how to fix one. All right? Paddington 2. Now Paddington I don't even two. need to watch Space Jam. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to get into this. We're 11 minutes in, Paddington 2. Let's go. Uh, we watched Paddington 2 today. Uh, 2017, a uh, children's film, I think. It's rated uh, PG. PG. This is probably the first and last time we will do a PG movie. No. Uh, eh. What's Fantastic Mr. Fox? That's PG. Is it? Mm-hmm, I think. Yeah, it's a kid's movie. It's a, definitely a kid's movie. We could do that one. All right. Here we go. Kids movie uh, starring Hugh Grant. Oh, it is PG. Uh, Sally Hawkins. Uh, and a bunch of people. I don't know. Everything's very British here. <laughs> I felt way out of my league watching this movie. Um, but we're going to be talking about Paddington 2. It's actually... You know what? We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to be full spoilers here for Paddington 2. <laughs> in case you don't for any reason want to know what happens in Paddington 2. Uh, it's uh, not full of a lot of twists and turns. We'll just put it that way. Um, but we're going to get into some hot takes. And then we'll give uh, the movie some proper discussion. We will rate it and put it on the Western scale, which is the only proper way to rate movies on a scale of 1 to 10. After which, uh, well, actually before which, Sid will have some trivia for us. Then we rank. Then we get into other topics, other movies, and things that we have watched, etc. And then the podcast will end, and you'll have to listen to us again next week. Person who is going to suggest Space Jam. <laughs> Becca, let's get into this. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. How hot is your hot take? Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty hot, I, I think. Spicy. It's all right. It's warm, like boiling water. Just at like a, like a, 50, like a rolling like a 50, boil. Like a 58% on the way to a boil or? No, it'd be higher than that. It'd be like actual bubbles. Oh, so like when you would add the macaroni. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed this movie. It was just so charming and so fun to watch and had a lot of like Wes Anderson style vibes to it which you mentioned Andrew halfway through the movie and that just made me love it even more it was I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting so fantastic movie fun to watch a little bear run around London and yeah that's pretty much it I enjoyed it <laughs> nice Sid how hot is your hot take um it's pretty hot i love this movie oh had no idea this movie is just it's the cutest thing i've ever seen in my entire life and i'm telling your nephews yeah charles knows it he's ugly <laughs> <laughs> i showed you the picture with the teeth <laughs> um it's just really it's just one of the most charming movies i've ever seen it's so cute last year it was my exceeded expectations and it looks like it was your third i've since rearranged my top 10 but it's in the top 10 it was in your top 10 for yeah. 2018 yeah because it's just like i mean there's not a whole lot to like discuss about it there's not a whole lot of just like overarching themes or anything i might disagree with you there well i'm sure there is but i mean i'm not really one who can pick up on themes very that's well true. so i guess that's on me but it's just like you just watch it when you want to feel good 
and I feel good after watching it and I just like feel like charmed to death and I need an insulin shot because it's too sweet and I love it I would die for this bear thank you very much wow for the bear (laughs) for the bear you understand he's a cartoon right i would do it anyway really yes for the cartoon bear yes you would give up your life for a cartoon bear yes you know i'd like to call your bluff but i don't really have any manageable way of doing that (laughs) (laughs) um let's see my hot take is is uh pretty hot obviously this movie has put me in a mood guys (laughs) i don't really recognize myself anymore (laughs) I don't know what's going on. He's actually happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Throw out your Prozac. I don't need that anymore. I'll just watch Paddington 2 every day. <laughs> I mentioned immediately after the movie ended that I just need to go watch like a some like pagan rituals on YouTube or something like that. <laughs> Balance you out. Just, I, I need to... We were talking about it that like, you know, Midsummer almost put Sid over the edge, but it put me like exactly where I want to be. <laughs> And this has just like pulled me so far in the other direction. Like just actually thrilled about life right now. (laughs) And that's like a negative thing for you. Yeah. I'm like, now why do I feel so good? (laughs) Um, No, I just, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, here's the thing, folks. I don't like happy movies. I uh, pretty much despise happy endings. And I got to say, the after credits scene pushed it a little too far for me. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I don't like kids' movies at all, with very, very few exceptions. Most of them being movies from my childhood, so you got the whole nostalgia on your side. Space Jam is a modern classic, though. <laughs> um, but I got to say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I became very invested in this little bear. He, I don't know what on this good earth those animators were on. But I'll tell you what. I have not seen The Lion King, but I've seen the trailers for The Lion King. And I've heard enough people talking about The Lion King. That, like, Disney has infinite money. Like, they're one of those companies. And they somehow couldn't figure out how to make animals as believable and as expressive as the animators do in this movie. Like, it's really something very impressive and very special that they managed to do with this little bear and all of the actors that surround him. I mean, they're all acting with a kid in a blue suit, so, or green. I don't know. Depends on what they wanted to color key out. Um, but yeah, this movie's delightful. I loved it. I had a great time watching it. Yay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I have things to say, but I, it's just a lot of fun. And I think, I, I guess I'll start here. Uh, part of the reason that I don't like kids' movies is that kids are really stupid. Just like children in general. I mean, like human children are just stupid. And it's not through any fault of their own. They just really haven't had enough time to figure things out. You know what I mean? Sure. (laughs) So kids movies, for the most part, treat the audience like they're stupid. Because, let's face it, for the most part, they are. Right? This movie, I didn't feel like it was treating me like I was stupid, though. I felt like the movie was just like, here, people are watching this. And they didn't have to be like... I don't know. Like there wasn't a scene where he like pooped his pants or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't know what kids movies have these days, but (laughs) they didn't have to have stupid kid humor. It was just like, it wasn't even like, it was like laugh out loud funny. The movie is just like endlessly. It, I mean, you're, you hit the nail on the head, Becca. It is so charming. So it's not, I don't even think that it's like overly sweet or overly funny or like over the top in any way. Like it's just, it like walks up to that line where it like charms you to death and just like holds you hostage there. <laughs> so I don't know. In the, the, the sad moments hit the, uh, like, even though I feel like I could have written this script, I mean, not exactly, but like I could have storyboarded it because it's very predictable. They just, it does it with such flair and such charm that I'm in. I love it. Yeah, like, you know exactly what's going to happen, but you want to watch it anyway. Yeah. 
because it's just i don't know like the way they present you know like the set design and what everyone's wearing it's all just like very quirky and just cute and just like the whole time you're watching it like i just have like a huge grin on my face like it's just it's so cute when i love these like kinds of stories because it's like i don't know it feels like real storytelling to me where there's like a villain that's overly villainous and like kind of cheesy but in like a magical way mm-hmm. like he's basically like a, a, a i guess a less involved count olaf <laughs> yeah and he's not paddington's guardian so <laughs> but like i mean like he's an actor and he's over the top and he's weird and mm-hmm. yeah. he'll do anything for that fortune yeah <gasps> does he have an eye tattoo a unibrow We'll never know. Because oh he could have just been wearing makeup over the eye, over the eyebrow. It's true. There's a conspiracy to this. <laughs> There's layers to this movie, folks. <laughs> anyway, though, I, I love that. I love when villains are like so cheesy like that, but done in such a good way that like obviously this is just a story and something fun to watch. But because of the way they lay it all out and, yeah, just how charming it is, it just, you fall in love with it because it's amazing. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that I loved is that, like, the thing with kids' movies is they're always trying to teach messages, right? Like, you, you let your kids watch these weirdo cartoons because it teaches them a message. And I feel like this movie did a really good job at like almost in like a Moonrise Kingdom-esque way. And there's a lot of Wes Anderson influence here just kind of all over the place. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like Wes Anderson worship because he doesn't do any of like the camera tricks, but the color palette is very Wes Anderson. The story itself is very Wes Anderson. Um, But there's that, there's the like idea of like this childlike figure. I don't know if he's a child in paddington i assume he is i don't know how old is paddington i didn't Uh, see the first one uh he's not a child but i would say he's like a young adult adolescent but he's like an innocent yeah figure child childlike i'll put it that way he's this childlike figure in paddington living in an adult world and just like i mean there's there's a, a lot of things that you could take away from it but like i feel like one it almost like in a way would help prepare a kid for the real world. And two, like, I mean, we only hate people that act like Paddington because we're all so jaded and depressed. <laughs> like, have you guys ever met somebody who just like is genuinely that happy? Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Like I had, I had a, a companion on my mission that was like that. That was just, just like legitimately the happiest and naturally nicest person I have ever encountered. Never had a bad word to say about anybody. And basically the complete opposite of me. <laughs> I am like constantly complaining about anything and everything. Um, and it is, it's intoxicating. Like it makes you want to be a better person. And I feel like a kid could watch this movie and take that away and be like, Oh shoot. Like, Maybe I should just be nice to people all the time, <laughs> which is like, it sucks that that's a foreign concept to us as adults, but I guess that's the world we live in. <laughs> if you are kind and polite, the world will be right. Thank you. Aunt Remember Lucy. that kids. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was so sweet in the movie. I guess like the main scene that hits that point is when he's like washing all the windows and then he's like, the Colonel is like, don't wash my windows. And it's like, Oh, I guess I'll do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Just so sweet. Yeah. I got to tell you, the most real scene to me, though, had to be the the barbershop scene. Because, let me, let me tell you here, this is not a failure on Paddington's part, right? (laughs) This is a classic case of mismanagement, all right? First day on the job, you leave your only employee brand new in the shop who happens to be a bear happens to be a bear right (laughs) in the shop by himself right because you leave him 
unsupervised. At that time, a very demanding customer comes in, demands things be done, won't hear that, oh, I'm just a bear. I just clean up around here. He won't hear it. He wants that haircut. Now, because you left the shop unattended, something went wrong. He comes back, and instead of saying, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have left a bear alone in my barber shop, he fires him. <laughs> this is something that, children, if you're listening, this is something you will see in the workplace all the time, is incomplete and unclear instructions being given, expectations not being clearly defined, and then you get blamed when the results that they're looking for don't happen. This is the most real thing that occurred in this movie, and I was glad that they brought representation to the oppressed and downtrodden working class <laughs> of today's society. Now, I know what you're thinking, and I'm thinking the same thing too. There should have been a barbershop cleanup boys union that Paddington could have joined <laughs> to better defend his rights, but unfortunately, I don't think that England is in a place where that's possible. That'll be Paddington one and a half. Paddington one and a half is him. <laughs> no, this is what it should be. Paddington three should just be him establishing a workers union. That would be an enthralling movie. I would go see that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Trying to, you know, avoid the bureaucracy and just, you know, fight for workers' rights. I'd love to see Paddington do that. He could get it done. <laughs> of course he could. He's a bear. He's Paddington. He's not just a bear. He's Paddington. This dude can do any... I'm thoroughly convinced that this bear could do anything this bear could defeat thanos i am sure of it. he would just like hug him and thanos <laughs> would be like no he'd give him the hard stare no he'd just oh eat that yeah. or just give him a marmalade, marmalade sandwich. sandwich yeah and then thanos would just be like yikes if i snap 50 percent chance this bear is gone <laughs> like that's too high of a chance no snap he's like just send me to a planet with just marmalade and then he marmalade plan <laughs> <laughs> marmalade planet huh yep all right <laughs> you know really what sticky i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say it once again we're all thinking it i'm gonna say it out loud marmalade not that good i don't think i've ever actually had marmalade it's not that good it's fine you'd be much better off Toasting the bread with some butter and some strawberry or grape jelly. All right. Marmalade sandwich. That's going to be, uh, it's just going to be too heavy. But if you only eat like mush every day. Yeah. A marmalade sandwich is amazing. I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not blaming the prisoners for being excited about the marmalade sandwiches. Right. Now, maybe taking the crusts off a bit too much. Those are calories that those, uh, <laughs> prisoners could definitely use i think because it's a lot of waste too they have a small budget exactly like one thing that mush is going to get you i assume it's some sort of porridge or oatmeal that's going to give you calories right it's going to give you energy to burn now a single marmalade sandwich is not going to provide the same caloric intake as a bowl of mush and those crusts could be the thing that decides whether or not a prisoner passes out from malnutrition Way to look out for these prisoners. I'm just saying. You know what, Becca? Um, prison should be about rehabilitation and not about punishment. And if we serve them mush, how does that rehabilitate them? Good point. I know. But they didn't just stop at the marmalade sandwiches. They went on to bigger and better pastries. Here's what I'm saying. They are taking these prisoners and they are teaching them new skills, Right. Well, just Paddington is. Well, yeah, Paddington, uh, here's the thing. Once Paddington is done starting his workers' union, let's put him in charge of prison reform, right? Get these guys some new skills. Knuckles, the perfect example of what should be a product of the prison system. A wayward lad makes a mistake. Sure, needs to be off the streets for a little while. Comes out, starts a business, starts putting that money back into the economy. We build up together rather than break apart separately. Paddington 2020. Let's make it happen. 
Just saying, folks, there's a lot of hidden messages in this in this year Paddington movie. <laughs> Paddington would solve all of our problems. I'd he would. for him. He in would. a heartbeat. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I knew it wasn't gonna happen. And this is this might be the most impressive thing about the movie. I knew they weren't gonna kill the little bear. Yeah. Right? Like what are they they're just gonna drown a cartoon bear on screen? I don't think that was gonna happen. I was but I was I was actually worried they might. I was like, no, you better not. You better not. And they didn't. But that's pretty impressive. I was very, very invested in this little bear. Yeah, I was moved to tears the first time I saw that scene. I was too, just now. I didn't fully cry, but there were tears in my eyes. They were there. It's so cute. I'm going to say this as well. Now, this is a declaration I'm going to make here. And anybody who's unhappy with this, I'm sorry that you're such just a, a bitter individual. If you did not have at least a single tear well up in your eye when it hit you that Aunt Lucy was coming to England, then you are a monster. So sweet. So cute. The neighborhood pulls their funds and flies this bear from, does it say where they're from? From Peru. Mm -hmm. From Peru to England. So that she can see her little nephew and so that she can see London. What? I've, come on. Come on. And that hug at the end where he nuzzles into her and says, Happy birthday, Aunt Lucy. And the look on his face. If you didn't cry there, you're a monster. We're all tearing up now. <laughs> <laughs> But that's also something like we talked about before, just like this movie's fairly predictable and it's kind of like, oh, it's her birthday. Oh, like why bring London to her when we can bring her to London? Like you kind of know what's coming, but you still like feel it. It's still satisfying. And they make you feel emotions and cry and it's, it's just so cute. Well, I think that's just like the magic of storytelling and that's what this movie captures so well. And that's what, I don't know, it just reminds me of like stories and movies and stuff I loved growing up that you just like get really caught up in and even though you know what's going to happen, you love it. That's why storytelling is so great. Well, yeah. And I mean, like we've, we've talked about that a few times on the podcast even like a, a Almost any other part of a film can be weak and still like the film can limp on. But if it's got a bad screenplay and a bad story, like you're dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't make a good movie out of a bad screenplay. Correct. You can make a movie with bad actors. You can make a good movie with uh, disappointing cinematography. You cannot make a good movie with a bad screenplay. Somebody write in and prove me wrong. I don't know. I'd love to see it. Have you ever seen Batman and Robin? That's a bad movie. Got gotcha you there. Bad screenplay. No way. It's a great movie. What's the the freaking ice puns in that movie are the oh my God. best part? That's Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. best role. Oh, hands down. That movie's amazing. That movie's so good. The bat nipples, <laughs> always and forever. When we when we were growing up, my grandmother had a shelf of VHS tapes. And if you had asked me, there were exactly three movies on that shelf. And they were Batman and Robin, The Sandlot, and Mission to Mars. (laughs) I don't know why she owned (laughs) Mission to Mars. (laughs) It was not a particularly notable movie. It was not a particularly good movie. But she owned it on VHS, and we watched it a lot. (laughs) Also, the Sandlot and Batman, the Sandlot and Batman and Robin. For some reason, I have no idea. But that's life, right? Because they're great movies. Yeah. All right. What is this? Is the tough question? What is your favorite scene and/or sequence in Paddington Two? I think my favorite is when they break out of prison. That is really good. I just love it. Like, it's so funny because they just like hop under their cells and go down a slide and then yeah, like, they made a hot air balloon. 
That is the, they fly their hot air balloon to a plane. (laughs) And it's like so big and bright and anybody can see it, but it's like all magical. Like we escaped prison. There's nothing wrong with that. I think just it's, it's gotta be like a nine way tie for me between any scene that takes place in the prison. Yeah. I think probably my favorite is when they're like first starting to like redecorate and like everyone's wearing pink and they're like redecorating the eating hall changing it to like a french cafe yeah (laughs) it's just it's so cute oh my gosh and i like the warden a lot yeah sorry no bedtime stories here (laughs) (laughs) he's great um (laughs) again it's just like it's so charming that you can't help but love it paddington all right paddington remember manners (laughs) would you like to start a gardening club (laughs) Like, whoever wrote that line should just pat themselves on the back, because that's incredible. Like, it's just so out of left field, but in character. that like <laughs> He has no idea if they have a garden or access to gardening tools or anything like that. Oh, man. And even, like, the sequence where he first starts talking to Knuckles, he's like, oh, you know what helps with ketchup stains? I know. Was it mustard? No, that's just made it worse. <laughs> Oh, man. And then he's got a marmalade sandwich under his hat. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Nobody took that away, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's great. Knuckles is like, I like criticism or whatever. He's like, oh, in that case. Yeah, in that case. It's really gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we could just like, it's just so, like, that's the, that's the biggest thing this movie has going for it is that it is so charming. And I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really like the best way to sum up this movie is it's just like it's just gonna charm the socks off you. It's so cute, <clears throat> and it's all Paddington. Like, yeah, no one else is really charming. It's just Paddington. He just inspires people else. to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that scene where he's been gone for like a week and the street just like sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So sweet. He's so cute. At least he, he was responsible for the colonel finally getting some. So. Sure. Go Paddington. Looking out. Looking out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. I think when when uh, when Sid mentioned there was nothing to talk about here. Okay. Well, I think for just me, me. I don't think very abstractly during movies. No, it's right? fine. I think for me, it really does. It just comes down to I I like the fact that it. It does present at least semi-realistically some of the pitfalls of adulthood versus childhood, mm-hmm. right? Like the the adults in this movie, I would say 70% actually act like adults. And that's a pretty good ratio for a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. But it also shows like that sweet childlike spirit of like, I don't, I don't know, almost ignorance of like not really knowing what the world is like but just like having trust in everybody anyway Mm -hmm. and like being happy and i think that's like a really good value to have i mean not ignorance but like trust i guess Mm -hmm. and doing good even though people aren't good yeah yeah that's kind of explored a little bit more in the first one or like in the first one it's about him getting to london and like this family like kind of takes him in and like the dad is like really against it and just kind of like a a sour guy and so it's it's like i don't know like paddington teaching him to just like enjoy life and like he's still like kind of more serious in this but like he's like goofy he's like going to yoga classes and doing a face mask so like does a full split (laughs) i can't even do that well but no that was two other things that i uh forgot about one is how they represent his midlife crisis Mm -hmm. which it's kind of in the background a little bit but very uh genuine and also how they kind of deconstruct the idea of celebrity which i thought was really well done Mm -hmm. when the the when mrs bird had the speech about like acting is like one of the worst professions because they're all just liars yeah and then, like, this actor who the public thinks is great, like, 
just kind of sucks. And I'm not saying that all actors suck. I'm sure there are plenty of actors who are good people. But basically, the idea that like, like, the idea that the idea of celebrity is a lie, and that they only have essentially the power that we decide to give them by essentially worshiping them. I don't know. I liked I liked what they did with that. It's really it's really subtle, and. It's one of those things that like a kid might not come out of it being like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't worship Justin Bieber or whoever is the kid's idols these days. I don't know. (laughs) But like they might see like, oh, maybe these people aren't perfect. I liked that they made a famous person the bad guy, I guess is what I'm saying. And they showed that all like very, in like a very compact way. There was only like four scenes that like talked about that. Yeah. Well, and even like, but even at the same time, he was a sympathetic character. Like you felt bad for him. He was essentially on top of the world from what we understand. And now he's eating dog food. I don't know. There's like I said, it it represents the adult world in a very genuine way. Mm -hmm. And I like that. But it's not like so depressing watching it. Yeah. You're like, cause like you see Penton, he's like out there. He's a, he's a working bear, but he's still like, you know, liking life Mm -hmm. and doing his job. So, like, yeah, adult life sucks, but it can also be fun. That's why I said at the beginning of the podcast, like, a lot of Moonrise Kingdom vibes. Mm -hmm. Because that does a very similar thing. Yeah. And Paddington lost his job and then decided to wash windows and failed at that, but then kept at it. And then he was good at it. And just keep picking yourself up, Paddington. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's most of the things I had to say about it. Yeah, I don't have... I mean, it's hard to say much more than that mm-hmm. because it's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. It's just a charming story about a bear who is good and helps people and gets caught. You should watch it. Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Watch this at least once. It comes recommended by the the uh, the We Watch podcast crew. And we, Andrew and I didn't even watch the first one, so. Nope. Probably not going to. to. (laughs) If I'm being real honest. Just stick with this one. It's still cute. I believe that it's cute. I just only budget so many kids movies. Yeah, And I need to keep a ratio of like pagan ritual movies to kids movies. (laughs) So after 10 more pagan ritual movies, you'll be good for. (laughs) Exactly. Half of Paddington one. Exactly. I need to do like tomorrow. Becca works most of the day tomorrow. I need to probably watch The Witch like three or four times. Why don't you just do your own pagan ritual? Ooh. I think that would really Build a maypole in my backyard? Not in our house. No, I'll build a maypole in the backyard. And then dance around it on mushrooms. Uh, no thank you. You don't want a maypole in the backyard? You're going to be at work, so. No. But maples are pretty. They're covered in flowers. So. I'm going to build a maypole tomorrow. Just like buy me flowers or something Becca, that'd you be could, better Becca, you could be the may queen <gasps> i don't want to be the may queen you could be the may queen no thank but you but then you get to decide who dies yeah you get to decide if i get sacrificed or if how about instead i just don't do a pagan ritual no no hear me out i don't do it i don't like the start <laughs> And I just watch movies about it instead. That's a pretty big sacrifice. Not as big of a sacrifice as the actual ritual would be. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to die or watch more pagan movies? Here's the thing. Very few people get to decide how they go, right? If, If my choice is... You know, like, get some really bad disease at, like, 90. Or pagan ritual? (laughs) One of those is pretty cool. Yeah, but you won't be alive to tell the story. Becca, will you tell my story to the world? (laughs) No, because I'll be stuck in a commune. Well, but hang on. Hear me out here. So you're stuck in a commune, right? (laughs) Yes. Now, here's what you do. Because I want you to tell my story. Okay. Okay. But I hate you at this point, too. I, I chose to let you die. But you are a woman of your word, right? And I 
made you promise that you would tell my story, right? We need to establish certain baselines here to be able to move forward in this proposed solution, right? You might hate me, but you have promised to tell my story. So now, every year, you send out youth from your commune to other countries, right? To specifically target and attract uh, people in academic fields who will want to hear the story told, right? You bring so them hear in. hear it and then die. You don't have to kill them. No, but we do to protect the commune. Well, but only every 90 years, right? Yeah, but if we're telling these stories and that gets out, like, well, no, here's the thing. Down. You make them sign an agreement that says they won't use any real names. I can I can accept this, right? <laughs> they won't use any real names or uh, hint at the location. And you tell them the story and send them on their way. They write their papers about it. It gets published. My story is told. Everybody's happy. Except for me. I'm stuck in a commune without a husband because he decided that he would rather no, the, the, sacrifice, no, Becca, make me Becca, sacrifice Becca, him Becca, than live to 90. The, the, whole, the whole commune is your husband. It's a giant family. <laughs> I don't want that. Well, we all have to make sacrifices. And I think that you're being a little bit selfish because if we're being honest here, your sacrifice in this scenario much smaller than mine. <laughs> That's why I said instead of all of that, let's just stay home. And watch movies. I do like doing that. <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> Sid, or do you guys have anything more to say? Just go watch it. It's, yeah, seriously. It's very charming. If you're feeling like you had a bad day, you're just like really feeling down, pop this in and you'll feel right as rain hour and a half. If done. you had a bad day. If you had a bad day. And you're taking one down. Taking one down. <laughs> you, you sing, sing a, sad a sad song and you, and you turn it around. around. You put just Paddington, Paddington 2 and you, you turn pa- it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, really, you, put, you put the Paddington 2 disc in your player of choice and you turn it around <laughs> real fast over and over again and you shine a laser on it. That's what you do. How, how does the, the rest of the song go? Taking one down. You sing a sad song. You turn it around. You say you don't mind, right? You tell me don't lie. <laughs> you put on a smile. Let go for a ride. There it is. There we go. Uh, if you know, if you can recite all of the lyrics to Daniel Powder's "Bad Day," uh, record yourself doing that and email it to us at contact at and you can request one movie, any movie, for us to do on the podcast, and we will do it. Also, just if anybody requests a movie, we would do it. Yeah, we'll probably you just don't do have it. to do those. Other we don't things. get we don't get enough requests at this point. That we have to start <laughs> turning people down. But don't don't request something stu- unless you meet one of the two conditions that I've set for restriction free suggestions. Don't suggest something stupid because I will ignore it. Yeah, we have gotten suggestions that we've ignored. Yeah, like what? Pride and Prejudice. Oh, no, thank you. That was my sister and my mom. (laughs) Thank you. The vote is two to one. Yes. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, Sid, do we have any uh, trivia here? I have a few. Okay. A waka waka trivia, Sid. Waka (laughs) what? I miss that. I got to get it working on this computer. I don't know. Um, Okay, so the author of Paddington... Um, he actually died on the last day of filming. Um, and yeah, it was sad. (laughs) Is that what the trivia says? And, uh, yeah, it was sad. (laughs) Uh, more or less. Yes. (laughs) Um, oh, was that the, at the end, it's like for our friend, whoever. Yes. Michael Bond. Hmm. We love you, bud. Um, this is the best reviewed film ever on Rotten Tomatoes with 199 fresh reviews um, overtaking 163 fresh reviews for Toy Story 2. Wow. Yeah. That's a streak ender. It's worth it. Um, one day after completing her demanding underwater scenes for Shape of Water, Sally Hawkins flew to Toronto flew to london 
um, in order to begin production on this film, only to find out that she would be shooting underwater scenes as well. Uh, very different movies involving CGI animal human hybrid <laughs> characters for sure. I'm I'm glad they're very different. Yes. At least she didn't have that. to memorize any lines for The Shape of Water, so that's she couldn't true. get them mixed up. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is Hugh Grant's favorite movie of his own, which I, this would probably be my favorite. And also his favorite costume that he wore was the nun's costume. Oh, I believe it. Hugh Grant's a weirdo. <laughs> He's a, a strangely attractive nun. <laughs> um... The, the scene where Paddington is cleaning Dr. Jeffrey's windows, it was actually director Paul King shimming his rear on the soapy glass. <laughs> so. I actually love that. <laughs> um, this was originally produced by the Weinstein Company, but was sold after the company's bankruptcy. Nice. So, smart decision. Yes. <laughs> I just realized that was my last one, and I just flipped to this. <laughs> Oh, it's a picture of her nephew with weird teeth photoshopped on. Anyway, that's all I got. Wow. All right. So, Becca, let's do this. Your final thoughts and score out of oh, 10 boy. for Paddington 2. I haven't thought about my um, rating. Well, you have to now. I know. That's why I'm just talking because... Because you're on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> and because I have to think about what I want to rate it. Um, I don't think I have much more to say. It's amazing. So charming. I think this is one that we should own. And fabulous. I loved watching it. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Sid? I love this movie. Like I said, it's just, it makes me so happy watching it. And it's adorable. I love it so much. I don't know if it's quite a 10 for me yet, but it's up there. I'm going to give this one a 9.2. Wowza. It's just, it makes me feel good. That's a high rating. You know, there's like, there's a difference between like critical rating and enjoyment rating. That's super this fair. This is very much on the enjoyment rating. Yeah. I mean, it's still good critically, but. Um, yeah, I liked it. I think that that's... Uh... You know, I like, I like any movie that uh, promotes the rights and well-being of the proletariat, <laughs> and this movie definitely does that. Um, so I'm gonna give it an eight point So we have, oh geez, how do we even do this? We have an eight point five, a nine point two, and an eight point That brings us like to like an eight point six. Yeah. Right? Paddington 2, 8.6 on the Weston scale. And there you have it. Right in line with Moonrise Kingdom. And uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. And Prisoners. Yeah. Nice. It's a right. good spot for it. Well, that, uh, that concludes our discussion of Paddington 2. Um, we're going to be talking about other movies that we have watched in the last week, giving uh, just some brief thoughts on them as well as uh, other things. Um, if this is where you leave us, we do understand. You can get in contact with us at contact at wewatchpodcast.com or at wewatchpodcast on any of the major social media networks. Uh, next week, we will be doing Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we're very stoked for. We just bought our tickets. So we're ready for that. Woo! Um, but yeah, moving on to some other topics, I guess I will go first just to get me out of the way. I actually haven't watched any movies since we last watched Midsummer. It's been a very, uh, the evenings have been very busy this week. Becca and I have chosen to relax in the evenings by partaking in the newest season of MasterChef. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, reality shows are my kryptonite. I love them so much. I don't know why. Uh, And reality cooking shows are just like cherry on top. I cannot get enough of MasterChef, Chopped, Cutthroat Kitchen. But cooking, not baking. Yeah, cooking, not baking. Beat Bobby Flay. Not like Great British Baking Show. We started it. It's it's terrible. It's awful. I love that show. It's a freaking snooze fest. Oh my goodness. MasterChef. 
Master Chef, Master Chef is, is king. Definitely very intense. I can see that. Master Chef is king, followed by Chopped, followed by Cutthroat Kitchen, then Beat Bobby Flay, then Worst Cooks in America. I'm telling you, folks, don't test me on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been watching a lot of a lot of Master Chef. Um, I went and saw The Flaming Lips last night, which is always a treat for anybody who listens to them or has seen them live. You will understand. Uh, it was a little disappointing just because I saw them around this time last year and they literally did the exact same show last night that they did last year. So that sucked a little bit, but, uh, their shows are just so much fun that it kind of made up for it. Uh, plus they did a wonderful, uh, very true to the original cover of Daniel Johnston's true level find you in the end. Um, as long as we're on a movie podcast though, um, if you are interested in, music as well and music documentaries uh the devil and daniel johnston is fantastic it will make you cry it will make you very sad uh but you'll get to hear some good music and a very engrossing story the devil and daniel johnston you should go watch it uh but that's literally all that i've watched a lot of overwatch there's it was a big week for professional overwatch so i've been watching a lot of overwatch (laughs) and unfortunately have not watched any movies but that's not true for the two of you yeah go for it becca i only watched one movie last night by myself it was actually really fun to just watch a movie by myself i'm telling (laughs) you well i couldn't do a scary movie though for sure but i watched about time and it was so i love that movie so much Oh, I loved it. And I said this earlier, but I really think it would be a good one to do on the podcast. It's a good romance, but it's also a good movie just about life Mm -hmm. and love and family and time and how to use your time wisely and enjoy every second. And it just was really, really sweet. Made me cry. Up until about like a year and a half ago, that was my like solid number one favorite movie really yeah wow yeah i just uh that movie it's just so sweet and it's i just love it was it basically just like until you saw call me by your name yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah yeah and then you know it's still up there (laughs) yeah i was very impressed Mm -hmm. yeah because i remember my sister was like let's watch it and i was like this looks stupid the poster does look stupid yeah and then i cried by the end of it but it was less a love story than i thought yeah i mean it's like definitely the the first half is very like romance based Uh and then after that it's just like about family and i do like domino gleason i like rachel mcadams Mm -hmm. i didn't know it was rated r that actually makes me more interested in seeing it it's like not uh, it's not super you know well here's the thing and andrew will see any movie that like he will be more likely to see a movie if it's rated R than it's just it's more realistic exactly and not because I'm like ooh give me the nasty stuff and the language and the blah 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 I just feel like life and this is gonna come off really pretentious but like life is rated R you know what I mean so like if anything is gonna be even remotely true to life it's gonna be rated R and that doesn't mean it needs to like push the envelope and like border on NC-17 and go crazy and whatnot but like when I see that a movie is rated R all that tells me is that the producers, like the writer, producer, director, whatever, didn't hold themselves back. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if I see like, oh, it's a love story that's rated PG-13, blah, fall asleep. But like, yeah. it's a real love story that's rated R, like, I'm way more likely to go see that. There are exceptions where like, because some movies, like some stories just aren't like, you know, Moonrise Kingdom or yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox or whatever. Like, those are great movies that are not rated R. But for the most part, I prefer rated R movies because it you're working. It's one less framework that you are forced to work inside of as an artist, mm-hmm. right? If you're willing to just like, you know, pop that button and say, oh, sure, we're rated R because we have two F words, whatever. Like it's it, the MPAA's weirdo random uh, guidelines for PG-13. Like it's just it's one less box that you have put around the artist making the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are pretty scarce with the F word in this movie, but like when they use it, like it feels much more effective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, like, I mean, it's not, uh, I'm not even meaning it like 
Like, if your story doesn't need to be rated R, like, don't rate it R. I don't care. But that's that's all that it tells me is that if the movie is rated R, it means that the MPAA had a little bit less control over this movie, and that makes me happy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the MPAA is straight hot fire trash, garbage pit, garbage people who suck and I hate. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Freaking trying to throw around their moral high ground and superiority, but really just leveraging that morality to extort the film and theater industry. And oh, the poor production companies, where will they make their profits? I know production companies suck too, but movies are expensive and somebody has to make them, right? MPAA is a useless, worthless middleman only there to extort the film industry because people are apparently unable to be discerning in their movie choices and need somebody to make that choice for them. Man, you're fired up. I am. I hate the MPAA and I hate the ESRB. Anyway, (laughs) I watched warrior. Oh, sorry. One more note on that though. There are haters out there who, if we're going to be forced to have a ratings board, though, it's better that it's private than public. I'll put it that way. I don't want the government rating my media. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Lesser of two evils, but they're still evil. Yeah. <laughs> Warrior. Warrior. That's Tom Hardy, right? Yes. He plays him and his brother? Um. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. I haven't seen it. It's so good. I watched like the first 20 minutes and I fell asleep one time. Um. No, it's really good. First five minutes, starting off a national song. You're in for a good time. Very last sequence. Best national song about today. You're in for a good time. I need to watch it again. It's so good. I watched it like right after Bronson and I was on a Tom Hardy kick. Yeah. But I was really tired when I started it. And yeah, very different energy in those ones. But it's really good. Um, And then I watched End of Watch, which was okay. That's the Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Uh Uh-huh. Like it was good. But then like kind of by the end of it, I was like, what was the point of any of it? Uh, it just kind of like ends, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's fine. Um, and then I watched Foxcatcher. How was that? It was uh, so good. Really? I did not think I was going to like it that much. Because I'm just like, kind of, we've talked about it before. I'm like not a huge fan of like biopics. But Steve Carell is a wrestling coach, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's it's very slow for sure. But like Channing Tatum is actually really good in it which was a huge surprise. Channing Tatum is a good actor, and I stand yeah. by that statement. He just gets, you know, not some great roles. Um, but Steve Carell, fantastic. Um, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it really took me by surprise because I was really not wanting to watch it because I knew it was going to be very slow, um, slow burn, but I'm really glad that I stuck with it. Right on. Really good. And then I rewatched It. Uh, because I love that movie. 2017. Yes. Yeah. And I had to celebrate with the new It trailer. I have not seen the trailer. I will try to not see the trailer. I had to see it. Because I know I'm going to go see that movie pretty much exactly when it comes out. We might do a podcast on it. Oh my gosh. I don't know. This year, we're trying to do more new movies as they come out because there's a lot of big ticket movies coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So we might do a podcast on It. I would love it. That'd be fun. And I watched Fight Club. Hey, for the first time? Yes. Nice. What'd you think? I really liked it. It's very good. I, I think I'm going to need to watch it again to like really fully like, I mean, like I knew the, the plot mm-hmm. twist, but like to like really kind of understand just the little parts in it. But I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And, you know, Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, they're great. It was, ugh. Hmm. Very good. It's Brad been a Pitt good is week for the epitome of the human body in that film yes like the human body cannot be any better than brad pitt's body in fight club no it can't which makes his speech on the bus about how self-improvement is masturbation (laughs) all the more all the better it's so good oh my gosh yeah it's been a good week of good movies. Becca claims that she hasn't seen Fight Club. I don't think I have. When we have watched it together before. We have not. We watched it together once. 
in my apartment maybe five years ago <laughs> five years ago it's true i don't remember that's fine <laughs> it was pointed out to me uh this week that i say that's fair a lot on the <laughs> podcast <laughs> so now i'm like really self-conscious about it <laughs> uh whatever though um have we watched anything else anything else of note i watched the trailer for the new cats movie and was horrified i might watch that trailer just for it kicks it's disgusting i've seen stills from it and I it's like, like nauseating i like watched it and i like had to watch the it trailer again to like cleanse my palate <laughs> just to reset yourself <laughs> it was <laughs> the first it trailer is really good yeah i've heard the second one like makes it look a lot darker than the first trailer which yeah. i'm up for yeah i'm yeah i'm very popular. i read i didn't watch the trailer but i read the reddit thread reacting mm. to the trailer yeah so i'm people, gonna try and stop myself from watching it henceforth i think they said this is the only other trailer they're gonna do yeah yeah it's the final one good 49 days till it comes out how do you know that oh. because they posted yesterday and they're like 50 days oh okay like, oh it's one day later 49 <laughs> so now we have another movie to count down to <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad that we didn't have to wait very long between Midsummer and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really don't know what's between that and it. I don't know if anything big comes out. We'll have to look. I don't know. I'm just uh, honestly like I just need the lighthouse to have a date because I will drive to Colorado to see that if I have to. <laughs> I'm so excited for that movie. Uh, but is there anything else? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And that'll do it for us today. We thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Once more, if you want to get in contact with us, contact at wewatchpodcast.com or find us at wewatchpodcast on any of the major social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, we watch podcast. That's us. Um, we love you. We thank you. Next week is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we're very excited for. And we will see you then. But in the meantime, I'm Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.